The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Everybody, it is Friday, finally, July 21st. It is 9:10 Central Time. I am extremely, extremely sunburned, but we're pushing through here for the weekend. And today we are joined by a very special guest. And our very special guest brought a guest as well. So, first of all, we are joined by Chantel Lovett. Chantel is the proud mother of current defense Hokies defensive back, Dante Lovett. She is a huge fan favorite on Twitter already. She's spoken incredibly high of Virginia Tech and the coaching staff and the surrounding community. So, Chantel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate it. We're so excited to have you. And uh, Mama Lovett also brought her son, Dante. Dante is a freshman quarterback from DeMatha High School in Landover, Maryland. He chose Virginia Tech over the likes of Maryland, Michigan State, Nebraska, Georgia Tech. Dante, welcome to the show as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So you have so Dante, just how you're home? You have a you have a week off or something? How did uh, how did that work out? This is this is one of the benefits of staying close to home for anybody wondering. Um, but uh, how's how's the summer going for you? It's going good. So we had we had like six weeks of hard training, then we had the week off. So we had the week off. So I ended up coming down to North Carolina, and we went to I went to Myrtle Beach for a day or two, and then we came back to North Carolina to relax the rest of the time. So let's start. This interview with Dante's recruitment, the process starts extremely early on. Every single year that goes by, it seems like it starts earlier and earlier. Letters to the house, coaches visiting. Um, my father played a huge, huge role in helping me navigate that. So, Chantel, when you and Dante and the family spoke about this, what qualities, advice, guidance did you provide Dante as he first started his recruitment for college? Um, I think the big thing for me was that he actually enjoyed the process. Um I absolutely refused to watch him get stressed out over the process. Um, I understood fully how much goes into it and how much he just wanted to figure out where he wanted to go. But it should also be an enjoyable process at the same time. I didn't also want him to base any decisions off of me. I refused to let him base decisions off of me. So I tended to hold my opinions about a school um, until I heard what he had to say first. Um, I really tried to let him be the only voice in his head in terms of certain things. Um, I did definitely, because I played basketball in college, so I was recruited. I was an assistant coach, so I know the process. And so the kids get caught up on certain things, the glitz and the glam. And I was just like that little person on his shoulder going, I'm happy about the locker room. Yay, it's a locker room. Um, But did you notice this or did you notice that? Or, you know, what questions do you have to kind of just keep him in, honed on, honed in on certain things that I felt were like the intangibles. And Dante, as you weighed your options and avenues, what was most important to you in terms of the school, in terms of the relationships, in terms of the qualities, what were you really looking for and where you wanted to go to school? For me, I was looking for a place that like, 
from the second I walked in, uh, I felt like I was really wanted. And it, it more than wanted, I feel like I wanted to go to a place that like would need me. Like I know I could go. I could have went to a place where I could have been one of one of like one of one hundred of whatever position they had there. I wanted to be a place where I can go and make an immediate impact and help rebuild. So question for both of you um, and Chantel, we'll start with you first. Like what was your familiarity with Virginia Tech before recruiting started? Um, did you guys have any familiarity, favorite players? Um, I see you're shaking your head, Chantel. No, no familiarity. <laughs> Me personally, not really. Um, he had a youth football coach um, who is a great guy, Derek Carter. He actually played at Virginia Tech. So the only reason why he had even heard anything about it at all was because I knew he went there. So I really didn't have much familiarity with it um, prior to also meeting one of his former um, coaches for summer and like a mentor, Rock Carmichael. I didn't know anything about Virginia Tech. I'm from Jersey. You know, we lived in Connecticut and we were only in Maryland for maybe eight years before he started getting recruiting. So, no, I didn't. Dante, what about yourself? Were you watching any any YouTubes of old players, or what was your familiarity with Virginia Tech? Um, I wasn't really like I was familiar a little bit, but not like how I was with, like a lot of the other schools, like the bigger schools. How, like, I used to watch when I was a kid, like the Oregon's, the Floridas, and all that. I wasn't really like familiar with them. But when we started getting recruited, and I started I started meeting pe- more people, and I started seeing more people like going there, and I actually I realized that I knew a, a decent amount of people who actually went there. So, yeah. So when was the moment, I guess, which one of you two fell in love with Virginia Tech first? And what was the moment that you guys realized that you really, really enjoyed Virginia Tech? <laughs> so you go, you go first, Chantel. It was me. Um, okay. But I didn't tell him. And like I said, going back to what I said, I didn't want my thoughts to overrule his thoughts. I kind of probed him to see what he was thinking of. But I definitely would be like, hey, did you notice this? Did you get this vibe anywhere else that you went? I think like somebody always asked me, like, what's the biggest advice I could give somebody like as a parent for recruiting with your child? It's start narrowing down the list. So like when you're looking for a spouse or you're looking for a house, if you just say I'm looking for a house, you're never going to find it because there's so many things that go into it. But when you start narrowing it down to what you're looking for and you stay true to that, and any school that does not offer that for you, you know they're not for you. So every kid, there's something different. When you really sit down with them and talk, forget the locker room. What vibe do you want to have? Do you want, and my biggest question to him was, do you want to be a small fish in a big pond or do you want to be a big fish in a little pond? Do you want to be part of a program that's already fully at the top to top, or do you want to be part of the rebuild? Do you want to be known as one of those players that brought it back to its glory days? And I think those sort of questions kind of helped him narrow it down a little bit further. So Dante, I know you committed to Virginia Tech on May 8th, 2022. When did you make the decision yourself? What was that conversation like with your family? And ultimately, how did you tell the coaching staff? So for me, it was the fact that like, out of all the other schools I had, like a lot of them were like at the last second they wanted to come back and start like when I said I'm about to commit, they all like started calling me like, oh, well, don't commit yet. Don't commit yet. They didn't, I, I guess they didn't think that at the time I was going to become like a power five, like high power five player getting recruited by bigger schools. Like so they were offering stop like stop communicating. So when it came like time uh, time to uh, commit, they started coming back up to my school trying to get me not to commit all this. 
But for me, it, it was a time when I went to another school and I was just like, I don't even want to be here. Like Virginia Tech was better than this anyways. Like I feel like I just go there instead of going to any other school. I'm done with the recruiting process. And how did you tell the coaching staff that you uh, that you were committing to Virginia Tech? What was that moment like for you? <laughs> um, who the I think I called Coach I Coach Cheetah probably first. I think I called Coach Cheetah first, and then they called they maybe uh, called Coach Pride. Coach Pride started celebrating on the phone. So yeah. So the send off. I want to talk about. I remember this like it was yesterday when my mom, my dad, my brother all drove me up to uh, Virginia Tech and. You get to the point where you say goodbye and then, you know, you hang around for five more minutes, you hang around for 10 more minutes. It's a huge, huge moment. Um, dropping off Dante at school for his first semester. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Walk me through the emotions of just kind of that overall experience for you, Mr. Lovett. You know what's funny about that? Um, and this ties into how much I love tech. I didn't cry. I was how I've always known that it was the right place for him. If you as a parent feel good about dropping your kid off, um, knowing that they're covered. When I tell you I sleep good at night, I sleep good at night. And I've said this in one of my videos because I'm being I'm being completely 100% honest. I know that there's people on that staff, that entire staff, some of the, the, the women on that staff are more momish and naggish than I am. So I know they have him covered in a good way. I know there's not a person on that staff that doesn't have the best interest of my son and doesn't look at him like a son. And so I relinquished everything. So once I got him set up and I knew he was okay, I wasn't worried about everything else. How was he going to adjust? He is one of two kids. He's the youngest. I knew this was going to be a big adjustment for him. So as long as he was okay, I was okay. Cause I knew everything else he would be covered in. And what about for you, Dante? You're a semester in. How was the spring for you? What was the biggest adjustment, and what have you learned so far? For me, like, the biggest adjustment at first was just getting used to, like, the area. It's different for me. It was, like, more, like, slow. I'm used to, like, more of, like, a city kind of. I'm used to more fast pace and stuff. So it, it took me a while to even get used to that, just that aspect in general. But the spring went good. Like, I went – I really jumped into the train. I took the weight room really, really serious. So I, I was I knew that was one of my biggest things I had to work on coming in. I had to make sure I took the weight room serious before high school. I didn't really I was coming off a shoulder, a shoulder, like a shoulder injury. So I was just like I didn't really lift as much as I wanted to. So when I came back, I made sure I lifted as much as I could. So. And Chantel, how connected have you felt in terms of when you get back or um, what does that look like? How often are you hearing about what's going on with, with Dante, what's going on with the program? Uh, do you still feel connected with what's going on? In terms of now that he's there? Yes. That's the best part. And that's what I keep trying to tell everybody. There's so many programs and so many other players where I've heard that, you know, once they're done with the recruiting, you know, they're after your son, they're after your son. Oh, it's open doors. And then your son gets there and all of a sudden it's closed doors, lock padlocks. It is so not like that up there at all. When I tell you when I'm up there, I literally just walk all through the facility. I go sit in somebody's office for like 10 minutes, key keying it up. I might bring my computer and do some work in somebody's offices. It is an open door policy. It is a family vibe. You know, anybody that sees me walking down the hallway, hey, Mama Levin, what's up? What are you doing here? Um, it's like going to see friends, which is pretty cool. You know, of course, there's always that business aspect of things. But at the end of the day, it, it really does feel like I'm going to see. I'm excited when I get ready to come up here. Half the time I'm up here, I don't even see him. He, I just let him go and 
as he pleases. I'm like, I'm not here for you. I'm here to hang out with such and such. You know, it's it's that vibe for me. And I love it. It has not changed since the recruiting process at all. Not one iota. No, and that's 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 unique to hear. And I, I don't think I've ever heard it, anyone describe it that way because during the recruiting process, a lot of the times you get a very different person than you get as soon as the NLI comes through the fax machine. So the way that they, what you see is what you get is what it's, every bit of evidence has proven to be with this entire staff. They care a lot. They're building relationships. They're fantastic at maintaining relationships. And that's really, really special. How many times have you been back since he's, since he's been at school? <laughs> uh, maybe three, maybe about three. Um, and I, it's funny. I listened to uh, coach Mines's uh, podcast with you the other day and I'm listening to it and I listen to things with Coach Pry talk and I, I tweeted this the other day. If you listen to any of those interviews, it really is what you see is what you get. Like there's no part time I've ever sat there and listened and went, oh, wow, they really put it on for the camera. Mm, no, like what you see with Coach Pry is what you get in any of them. And I appreciate that authenticity. I appreciate the consistency. And I think that's why they've been so successful in the recruiting, because you do get very and I said this on Twitter before you do get very used car salesman vibes sometimes in the recruiting process. And for me, that always turned me off. They were the most authentic group of individuals and they still are to this day. And I like things like that. Those are those intangibles that I'm talking about that, you know, if you get caught up in all the glitz and glam, that's fine. But when that dissipates, what do you have left? I firmly believe that when he's done, he will be tight with all of them for the rest of his life. And you've become a little bit of a sensation on Twitter. What encouraged you to be so vocal, spread the message about the staff? Um, nobody's asking you to do that. No coach is saying, hey, would you mind kind of, you know, uh -oh. uplifting our program? And uh, what kind of encouraged you to be so vocal? And I'd, I'd say it absolutely does make a difference. When there are other parents, when there are other student athletes, when there are other folks looking and trying to, even fans are trying to understand what is it like to play for Coach Pry and this staff to be able to hear from the inside what it's been really like through your experience is special. But what encouraged you to go ahead and do that? I have no idea. <laughs> There's absolutely no rhyme or reason. I'm one of those people where if something seeps into my spirit and it continues to, I can't fight it and I just go with it. I've always been that way and it's always worked really well. Um I appreciate the platform. I never intended it for it to be kind of what it's turned into. But, you know, they say happy wife, happy life. Well, happy mama, happy life, right? <laughs> All you want is for your kids to be happy. These kids mm -hmm. bust their butts. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, people in stuff for the wrong reasons, um, be it you know, the youth coaches, the high school coaches, we've all heard those stories, college coaches. So when you find a staff that is as good as it gets, in my opinion, when you Spurg is as welcoming, as supportive, um, that that's something to speak about. And so I know when I was going through the recruiting process with my son, I had a village right? But the village didn't really consist of other moms or other parents. I was kind of navigating it as I go. I wasn't afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, hey, I don't know what this means. What are they talking about? Um, and so if my excitement and my suggestions or, you know, trials and errors help somebody else through their child's perspective, whether they go to Virginia Tech or not, um, 
I don't mind doing that, but it's because I love the school so much. I truly feel, and I told somebody this the other day, I said, so I think, oh, I saw a woman in the airport with a tech shirt. And I said, I have two words for you, go Hokies. So we got to talking and she was like, well, do you go up frequently? I said, well, I think I may have taken the whole, this is home thing a little too literally. Cause yeah, I do, but I am, I go up there, I drive around, I go here and there. Like I said, I barely see him. And it doesn't matter because it feels so home. I am so excited for the season. I'm so excited to connect with the fans, the rest of the football team parents that I haven't met yet. I'm just excited to see all these kids that we've gotten to know do their thing on the field. And I'm excited to see where Virginia Tech goes this year because I think they have all of the things in place to be ridiculously successful. Um, And I love the way that Pry and them are recruiting. I love how they're rebuilding this. And I'm excited, like really excited. So first, we're going to move into our rapid fire section here. First one for Dante. What meal or activity or thing that goes on at home do you miss the most about being in college? Um, <clears throat> meal activity. Activity for me, probably track. I miss running track. Like when I left, I left early. I missed running the nationals, and because I, I like I wanted to run because like in the indoor season I couldn't run the nationals because I got sick the day before leaving. So, yeah, I probably miss track the most. You don't miss me? I see you more than anything. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a good that, – that transitions into my next question. So, Chantel, uh, I know you're not a teacher for Dante, but if you had to give him a report card – we asked Hunter Couture this. If you had to give him a report card on calls home, the volume of calls home, where, uh, where would Dante yeah. run? F, he fails. He flunks. <laughs> my oldest daughter calls me like 25 times a day. <laughs> this one, good lord! I was like, dude, I'm an empty nester here. Like, I could be on the floor, and you would never know because you don't check on me. Unless <laughs> you, you know, I get, I mix this and this. Yes, son, sure. And by the way, I'm fine. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> I'll give him to Wednesday before I send him a message and go, "Hi, I'm your mother. Nice to meet you. I'm fine. By the way, thank you so much." Mean, but it's what is good. it? I'm okay with that, though, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. At first, it was an adjustment, but I'm trying to be very, very respectful of the fact that this boy's in college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying not to. I do have his location on my phone, so I can make sure he's <laughs> in his dorm room. I don't care where he goes, but when I lay my head at night, I do like right. to see that he's safe and he's at the dorm. And that's all I need. I'm good. Like you said, you know he's working his butt, butt off. My uh, my dad and my mom always knew that there there wasn't enough time in the day for you to really get in trouble in the in the summer when you're first uh, when you're first getting involved with everything and learning everything. So right. Um, question for both of you, and whoever has it first can go first. But I ask everybody: if you could have dinner with four people, dead or alive, who would it be, and where would you go eat? Let me go first. Okay, so the Obamas. Um, I would say maybe a Morton's or a Ruth Chris, um, Felicia Rashad. And I would go to a place in, um, the DMV called Busboy and Poets. I would go with Sean Quinn because that man can find the best eateries. Like it's nobody's business. So I'm going with Quinn. Um, and then I'd want to go with my kids, the two of them. Um, that's a bit of a cop out. We can't. We can't. I, I, I love that you want to bring them. You got to pick. You got to pick. Oh, you can't leave two slots. Um, dead or alive. Um, I would. My last person would probably be. 
Luther Vandross. Okay. As some jazz blues. Yeah. Where we could just sit back and kick in and listen to some music and chat. Dance with my father. One of the best songs of all time. Dante, your turn. All right. Um, Dead or alive. First one will be Kobe. Mm. I say Kobe because I met him when I was 10. I didn't really get to like talk to him how I really wanted to, how I would now if he was alive or if I met him now. So I would say Kobe. That's one of my favorite NBA players ever. Uh, we probably go to, um, I don't even know, some type of, some type of like big steakhouse in LA or something like that. Uh, second, I want to say Floyd Mayweather, because I want to, I want to ask him how does he deal with all the people who don't like him. Like, and you still keep going no matter what and just keep it pushing throughout it. Uh, I'll probably go to, to some and get into <laughs> private chef to cook or something like that. Um, third, I would say, who's somebody? Possible? Nah. Um, <clears throat> Jay, like Jay Z. Jay Z, cause I want to see, I want, I want to talk to him about like everything he knows and stuff like that. I'll probably go to like a, a real high end hibachi place or something. Like that. <laughs> a high end hibachi place. Uh, one more. One more. Um, dead or alive? Maybe an NFL player or somebody. Dead or alive. Oh, um, oh, I probably want to meet. I want to meet Jalen Ramsey. Okay. I want to meet Jalen Ramsey because, like, I love his confidence when he plays. Like, he don't care. Like, he just mm-hmm. out there playing. Like, that's one of my favorite things about him. Like, sometimes he messes up. He get the ball caught on him. He just still get up and still talking. Like, it keeps the push. Like, mm-hmm. I'll probably go to, like, a, a Jalen Ramsey. Probably go to, like, one of the little places on the water in Miami. Okay. Okay. Um, what about both of y'all's favorite places to eat in Blacksburg? Now, if you like Hibachi, Dante, you got to go to Kabuki over in uh, Kabuki, uh, okay. yeah. 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 He's been That's there. Everybody. That's everything. Mine? PK's. Yeah. I don't go to Blacksburg without going to PK's at least once or twice if I visit it. It might be in the same day. I love PK's. Well, I would, I would suggest, especially in the summertime, this is not an advertisement. This is not an advertisement. They should be paying us, but this is not an advertisement. You got to go to the cellar. It's right next to Sharky's. You can sit outside on the patio. Great food. So check out the cellar next time you're in Blacksburg. Okay. This episode of the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by The River Course. And look, we talk about greatness all the time. And when you talk about golf, Pebble Beach, Augusta, Bandon Dunes, dare I say Shinnecock, the river course sits squarely in the middle of this conversation. A top 10 college course in America, according to Golf Digest, and the home for the For Those to Come golf tournament. And look, if you head on down there and you mention Sons of Saturday, we got some hookups for you. 50% off appetizers. Who doesn't like appetizers? 10% off of headwear and apparel at the golf shop. I mean, get yourself a new outfit. Feel good. Look good. Play good. And the cream of the crop, new annual student memberships will receive a free cart fee and new adult memberships will receive a free foursome plus a complimentary lunch. The River Course, unparalleled greatness, unparalleled beauty, nestled right in Southwest Virginia.
Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. I'm pretty proud of this. I came up with it by myself. Um, we have a new segment called Love It or Hate It. So I'm going to say I'm going to say something and you all tell me if you love it or you hate it. Okay. Um, so we're gonna start first. It's not necessarily fall time yet, but it's something that divides the country every single year. Candy corn. Do you love or hate candy corn? Hate it. I'm in the middle. I like I like it, but like I don't like eating it too much. Okay. I love it then. I like candy. I like candy pumpkins. (laughs) I've never even heard of candy pumpkins. Um, How do we feel about performing the wave in Lane Stadium during football games? Love it. You get this crowd. You get the crowd involved. Love it. Get you out of Sure. Let's do it. Especially with that many fans. Like, do you know you real? You know how awesome Hulk, Hokie Nation is. It would be a proper wave. It wouldn't be like one of those broken waves where nobody wants to go. Can you imagine mm-hmm. sixty plus thousand people in unison doing the wave? Absolutely, go for it. I love it. I love stuff like that for me. Cause, like, for example, like I seen like, for example, like the Florida fans when they mm-hmm. sing the song. Oh, they have a, a song they they sing. The whole crowd does. Everyone join in. You can and you can mm-hmm. feel the presence of the people. I feel like that intimidate a lot of teams. Certain stuff gonna, like that. I'm gonna get wrecked here. I'm a big. I'm a big advocate for uh, for anti wave. But if you two like it, you know more power. This is this is not my interview. Um, so I'm. I know you're from New Jersey, Chantel, and usually it falls under one or two different schools of thought. It's either I haven't tried it, I like it, or I can't believe that this exists, and I'm never gonna try it. Okay. Pineapple on pizza. No. Love it or hate no. it. No. I don't like pineapple usually. So okay. like there's just certain I don't want fruit on my pizza. I just don't. Warm fruit too. Like no. I don't no, no thank you. Rubs me the wrong way. Pepperoni, uh, sausage, cheese. I'm good. Taylor Swift's musical catalog. I don't really listen to her that often, so mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I'm indifferent on this one. Crocs, I love it. Oh, good googly moogly! <laughs> That's an absolute love it. Uh, I, I'm in between. I, okay. I, I'm in between. Drake, say it again. Drake, I like it. Love it. Love it. I can say love it. Okay. That's it. Love it or hate it. I think that I think that that segment has some legs. Next I like it. Gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna, I, I'm just gonna give myself another pat on the back. For this. Good job. I love it. All right. So we have a couple of questions submitted by Virginia Tech fans, and then we'll let y'all go. Sure. Um, next we have is from James Copeland. What made our staff stand out compared to others in the recruiting cycle? Um, for me, it was the mo- how genuine they was. Like I had a lot of schools like. At the end, like I had, like for me, at the end was the hardest because it really made me look at genuine versus 
the glitz and glamour because all they could do at the end was show me the glitz and glamour. They couldn't really try to build a relationship. So it really, it, I had to really put like up and that, like put next to each other, like genuine people versus somebody who really, they want me, but I don't know them like that. So right. I've been building a relationship with me. That That is really the big, biggest thing. So just like how like real they were and all that. Dante, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you specifically about, you know, a lot of times during the recruiting cycle, you don't really realize it when you're a student athlete. But at the end of the day, it's all a numbers game, right? Like every school, they go in and they say, okay, we're going to take three cornerbacks. We're going to take three wide receivers. They offer 15 of them and then they don't get who they want. And then at the end of the recruiting cycle, you have some big schools who come and they say, oh, man, we got it. We got to fill this spot. So let's go find someone else. Oh, like you're always who we wanted. We're really excited about you. And um, I think that's really working in Tech's favor is getting in. And I mean, Coach Pry was only coaching, what, one year before, you know, you were getting ready to go to school. He was able to build that kind of strong relationship with you over the course of just a couple of months. So I think that speaks volumes about um, about the way that they're approaching it. Was that hard? Yeah. He also did a good job because he was the only coach at Penn State who really wanted me. Mm -hmm. When uh, Penn State was recruiting me, I had like. They were they were going back and forth about if they were going to offer me or not, but that was the one person who like really like loved my game. So that's right. that, like I kept hearing that. I was just like, hmm, I wonder. Like, so, and he got the job, so that played a big role too. Chantel, was that hard for you? Like, you had, made, you had made it. You had made a decision. Your son had made a decision, and you kind of knew that that's where he was going. Was there, was it difficult when like all of these other schools started to kind of pile in right before signing day or towards the end of uh, high school? Honestly, yes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yes. Um, because I was watching him wanting, knowing what he wanted, but just watching schools keep coming at him. Now on one side, you are, I'll use the word honored for the lack of better term. Um, mm-hmm. To like he it was the why now, you know what I mean? Whereas tech had formed that relationship this entire, this entire time. Um, and that's what I mean. It was that consistency. And it's funny cause I keep hearing other players talk about the consistency in the relationship. Like, again, I was listening to Fontel and I already knew this. He's been after kids for a while. He's been following some kids since like the eighth grade. You don't have a whole lot of that. Um, and off tangent really quick, this is the biggest advice that I can say to students, student athletes and parents. I don't care. And he's going to laugh at me because I always use this example. I don't care if your son gets um, recruited by Oompa Loompa University, right? D45, right? They don't have a chance, but they're coming after your son. Please encourage your sons and parents as well to show the same respect from the coach from Oompa Loompa University as you do from Michigan, Virginia Tech, et cetera. Because one thing that people, I don't think people realize is how small that football community is. So Oompa Loompa University may not be doing well, but they got a phenomenal D-line coach. That D-line coach now moves to a power five school. Big jump, yes, but it's possible. Treat everybody who comes after your child with respect because you never know where they're going to wind up in a position. And a lot of coaches like Pry, they have their eye on you at one school. That school might not be interested. They're going to keep you in mind if it's worth it for them. Um, and if it's a good fit, but keep in mind that if you didn't treat them respectfully, that same taste will be in their mouth when they go to the next place and you might not get that opportunity. 
Sorry. Very well said. Very well <laughs> said. And at the end of the and at the end of the day, those people are recruiting you because they believe in your talents. So there's no reason exactly. to be backhanded or anything else. Exactly. Um, Pete McGee wants to know what is y'all's favorite part of campus. Wow. My favorite part of campus is that whole lane stadium area into the practice facility. Cause I guess that's where I am the most. I love those two areas right there. Oh, and, but aesthetically it's the pond. I like the ducks. Dante, you got a favorite part? Um, favorite part of campus. Hmm. Probably. I like going past the drill field. That's probably my favorite place. I like to drive, like ride my scooter past the drill field and stuff like that. Sean Kim, uh, for Mama Love It. What was your relationship like with other players and commits and parents? Um, and what are the conversations like with them then and now? If I ha- if I happen to have been up there during um, any of the recruiting things, it was just more of a kind of like we're doing right now, just them picking my brain on what the process was like for us. Um, asking me legit, like, you know, pulling me aside and kind of be like, hey, are they really as nice as they seem? You know, just having that little bit of um, insight into it. Um, Once the recruits, like, say they're coming and stuff, like if their parents have Twitter or whatever, I might tweet and say, hey, or reach out and say, hey, if you have any questions, just, you know, let me know. I don't presume, let's say this, my kid hasn't even touched the field yet. So, no, I do not presume to know everything. Um, But if I don't know and then there's another parent on the team that might know, I'm more than happy to put them in touch with one another Um, because I just want everybody to feel as comfortable about their decision and as good about dropping their kid off when it's time as I did. That's all it is for me. That's it. I got to say, this is a ton. This is a ton of fun for 30 minutes. And uh, Dante, I'm wishing you nothing but the best in your future at Virginia Tech. Like I said, it was the best, absolute best four years of my life. And we're super excited for you. And Chantel, so glad that you're part of the Hokie family. Excited to see you at games this, uh, this fall in Lane Stadium. Excited to see you at the Rutgers game. Um, and please, please keep that up. It's been it's been really, really cool, um, not just from the fans, but just like you said, offering any advice to any other parent, any other student athlete that may be looking to learn a little bit more about the process. Because to be very transparent, and I'm sure you two can attest to this, it's not all glitz and glam. It's not all red carpet. It's a, it's a long, difficult, and confusing process that you're going through at the age of 16, 17 years old. And that's what I try to remind people when you get on message boards or you get on Twitter and everybody's like, well, why did so-and-so do this? Why is so-and-so doing this? It's like, well, at the end of the day, there's 16 and 17 year olds going through basically sales cycles with adults who are 20 and 30 years older than them. um, You both have carried yourself in a phenomenal, phenomenal way. And uh, we're really glad that you're part of the Virginia Tech family. Thank you so much for having us. This was fun. Absolutely. Best of luck, you two. Thank you. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't go this way singing Trash for friends, place. wake up the next day
Take a hit, it's starting